0: love talk radio hi everyone and welcome to franchise interviews today you're going to get to hear will glenny from the juice stop franchise opportunity and the juice stop franchise opportunity attracts a wide variety of consumers from executives to workers to students all seeking a fast nutritious tasty meal and this is part one of a two-segment interview so enjoy and we'll see you again with another segment Guests. We're meeting with Will Glenny of the franchise Juice Stop. and Juice Stop stores attract a broad variety of consumers ranging from executives to laborers to students, all seeking a quick, nutritious, tasty meal. Hey, Will, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. How you all doing? Good, good today, Will. Well, joining us is my co-host Don Johnson, who I believe you know, and I know, Don, you wanted to say hello to Will.
1: Yeah, hey, Will, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, as I've told you, Marty, Will, and I have gotten to know each other a little bit from our right. franchise funding services, and uh, Will's been in franchising a long time, so, uh, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you today, Will.
2: I look forward to speaking with you both, and uh, I'm honored to be here. Thanks, Will. Yeah,
0: well, again, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You know, Don and I were saying earlier, we can't wait for you guys to hit the Northeast. You know, I, I, I understand you guys have come up with a product that tastes great, and it's, it's good for you at the same time.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, the, the juice and smoothie business is really starting to come into its own in so far as product development and uh, product awareness. Really, if you think back 20 years ago, uh, it was almost non-existent. Uh, you know, pr- primarily a California uh, phenomenon more than anything else. And today, you know, juice and smoothie stores are really all over the country. Even in you know, cold climates, we have stores up as uh, far north as uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, yeah, that's right. I see
0: uh, that. Yeah, that's fantastic. We'd like to start off with asking our guest uh, where you're calling from today.
2: I'm calling from the
1: beautiful Denver, Colorado. Oh, there you go. We've had a lot of uh, franchisors from that area, Don. Have right, it's me. a big franchising area, Will. Denver. It's uh, franchisors, uh, franchisees. It's a real yeah, growing yeah. market besides just being a beautiful city.
2: You know, it really is, and I think there's a few that contribute to that, um, you know, that – no one is really from Denver. Denver's kind of the new frontier. A lot of people from the Midwest move out here. A lot of people from the East and the Southeast come out here for, for the climate, for the mountains, and the lifestyle. And uh, when they get here, they find out that there's only 11 uh, Fortune 500 companies that are based here compared to a similar city like St. Louis that might have 40 or 50 of those type companies and, and maybe a broader opportunity of uh, work-type uh, environments versus when you get here. You know, If you don't fit into one of those 11 existing Fortune 500 companies, you're really more in the right. entrepreneurial-type uh, lifestyle. That's true. Sounds like there's a lot of room for growth. There really is. And, uh, you know, there's in addition to franchise change, there's also some corporate-owned change based here. You might be familiar with Chipotle and uh, some others in, in that same space. So it's really a, definitely is a hotbed of activity and a great community of of uh, executives and uh, you know management, middle management that uh, get together on a quarterly basis. A lot of times at the uh, second
1: Tuesday meetings, and uh, it's a good network, it really is. You're making me think about calling a real estate agent out there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few I could give you a name, a number.
0: Right. Well, what were you doing before getting uh, involved with Juice Stop?
2: Well, I've been involved in franchising for for just about 20 years. I started in the In the uh, late 80s, I started out in the the quick blue business with an outfit known in in New Orleans as Speedy All-Change and Mm Tune-Up, and uh, generally right out of college, where a lot of guys were going to become accountants and uh, lawyers and doctors and and what have you. I went into the franchise business, uh, primarily on the development side, and uh, did a lot of the real estate development, finance, and uh, sales of franchises for that brand and uh, helped establish a sub-franchising uh, entity in three markets, in the southeast, the northeast, and in California, and developed about 100 franchises with that outfit, and then uh, worked my way up to vice president of development and national uh, sales for the company over the course of about two and a half years. And uh, going on from there, I spent um, some time with Mrs. Fields Cookies in, in, in the very early 90s, uh, Mrs. Fields at the time had about four hundred and fifty, maybe 500 units, and we converted those units, or actually my, my team converted uh, those units uh, over the course of about a five-year time to franchising in a very large, one of the earlier refranchising efforts, and uh, really changed the dynamic of that, that organization. And While they are going through that, I acquired several of the uh, stores with my wife, out here in Colorado, and participated in ownership on uh, several down in Florida as well. And it was a really great branch, and uh, worked with some wonderful people in the the business at that company. And then uh, I went on with those the skill sets that I acquired by that time uh, in the later in the 90s, and, and uh, joined a company called Maker on the development side, which ultimately became acquired by Mrs. Fields Cookies. I also tried to acquire that, that entity on my own, and uh, the group that I put together with to, to acquire Pretzelmaker uh, came to me after the deal with to Mrs. Fields and said, hey, we invested in another outfit in the juice smoothie business, and, and we think it's in trouble, probably going to have to go through a, a dip in bankruptcy, would you like to run it? And um, I said yes, <laughs> and uh, ran it through a Section 363 in the bankruptcy, which is a pre-planned sale of the outfit. Really, just using the bankruptcy court to deliver the ownership of the assets cleanly, and uh, went in and out in 100 days. Came out with uh, went in with about 80 units, came out with about 40 units, um, debt free. Raised a, did a private round of equity and really um, cleaned up the organization and and reformatted the, the the business practice, the supply chain, the the fit and finish of the stores. And uh, after that. Uh, or since then, that was about seven years ago, we've uh, been focused on developing out area directorship markets with that organization as well as uh, going out and doing one-off franchising in, in select markets, really trying to focus on the, the Sun Belt states. Um, in addition to that, I established back in 2003 brand equity development, which also does uh, merger and acquisition, structured debt net fee raising advisory uh, on M&A in the industry and uh, have relationships with two other brands right now, New York York Fresh Deli and uh, Steve's Pizza, which uh, are both franchise companies uh, based out in
1: Oceanside, California. That's great. This sounds like a real entrepreneur yourself, Will. (laughs) And you had that at a young age. I mean, that's pretty amazing. By your mid-20s, you were... uh, it seemed like you were heading up the, uh, the franchise development of franchise, which is unusual at that right. young of an age. I deal with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, VP of uh, franchise development for franchisors all, all around the country, as you know, Will. And so it's unusual to find someone at your young age back then to be heading that up. Right. Uh, so I, I, I think you and I are similar in age. So you really gained a lot of great experience in franchising and then as an entrepreneur at a pretty early age.
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of a unique, uh, you know, people ask me what I do, and I kinda, it kind of takes me a minute to to describe it and think about, how, you know, you can say you're an entrepreneur, you can say you're in the franchise business and what have you, or your own brands, and, right. and uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great industry, but a lot of people aren't familiar with it, as you know, and I think your show is great because it gives a lot of exposure to not just being a franchisee, but also being a franchisor, right. and
1: uh, what that what the differences are, and, uh, you know, I think that's really important. Thanks. Yeah, we're just trying to educate the people on the basics. Uh, It's not for everybody, and it's hard work, and uh, just because you invest in a franchise, it's not automatic you're going to be successful. So that's the point Marty and I try to bring across, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show with all your experience. uh, People listening can learn a lot, Will. So, uh, you know, tell us, you you just went over, um, you know, several different things, and, I mean, you really uh, have done a lot. Uh, At your age right now, Uh, you talk about specific a little bit about Juice Stop, and maybe you can describe the history of the organization uh, for Juice Stop. Will? Sure. Juice Stop was founded
2: in uh, in Irvine, California, in 1993, and was developed uh, by two young guys who were trying to get a juice club franchise. They just graduated from UC Irvine, and uh, two brothers actually. And they were told they're too young and uh, no experience, but they did have some money. Uh, the, the grandfather had left them some money. So they, Juice Club, as you might, may not know, was, is the former uh, to, to Jamba Juice. Mm-hmm. Jamba Juice started out as Juice Club in um, in uh, San Luis Obispo and, and later reconcepted as Jamba Juice. And um, these two gentlemen, 1903, went out and started the first Juice Stop right off the campus of UC Irvine. Did phenomenal sales um, right out of the chute. It was a very split theme. Uh, concept, uh, primarily because the two brothers were both good athletes, weightlifters, baseball players. The, uh, at that time, girlfriend, later to be wife of the founder, TJ, uh, was a tennis player, so all of the drink names were named after sports moves. Uh, sports moves like a Grand Slam or Ace or uh, Double Axel or whatever the, whatever the theme might be. And then, of course, the, the recipe would be underneath the drink name in terms of uh, the props that goes into it. And uh, they really caught a lot of traction with this young, suburban, uh, Orange County-based uh, customer and grew to about 30 units uh, in California. There, later on was a, a dispute between family members and ownership, which uh, led to ultimately to some of their financial problems. But at the, level, the unit economics have always maintained uh, constant and, and uh, were never really impacted by the parent company's issues at that time and uh, they had grown from California up to Colorado and into uh, about a half a dozen other states uh, over the course of about a five or six year period got into financial trouble, and that's really when I took over uh, in post I, what I didn't mention earlier is uh, we we restructured the company after the bankruptcy deal. And I ended up with the, the majority
1: of interest in the company. So yeah. that's, that's more or less the history of it. And how would you describe the franchise system now for Juice Stop, Will?
2: Um, the franchise system is, is you know, you, you guys have talked about uh, something that's very, very important, and that is that franchising in the first instance is not for everyone, and not everybody that gets a franchise is successful. Right. And I would, I, I would uh, describe would Juice Stop as the anti-growth. Uh, franchise, and I would describe it that way for a couple of reasons, and the first one would be that the opportunity is unique to um, having a very significant seasonality uh, impact, meaning that this time of year when the leaves are falling off the trees, sales are going down dramatically, and uh, we have a very sensitive um, opportunity in that when, when you open a store, you cannot open it spring into the winter. You've got to open your store early spring, and uh, that's it. There's no question about it. So development, you know we can sell franchises all year round. We just can't open them until late February, March, or April. Uh, so they have the proper ramp-up time in the first instance. The second, the second thing is that we don't have an addictive quality. I don't need to tell... Anybody, what time to get up in the morning and get a cup of coffee? Right, it's the last uh, unregulated, addictive drug being sold in America. Uh, <laughs> smoothies tend to be good for you. We put we put real fruit, um, you know, non-fat frozen yogurts. In some instances, uh, non-dairy uh, products. I mean, really good, healthy products go into a 24-ounce cup blended to order, um, and that you know people really enjoy that, but. That's doing something good for you, and that's not something people like to get in the habit of doing. No one likes to go to the gym. We know it's good for you. The doctor says 20 minutes of cardio is what you need, but you never, you're not going to do it every day. You do drink coffee every day, right? Right. That's right. Um, so that's another. You know, the, the way we build our business is different. So we're looking for uh, people that are aligned with that type of opportunity uh, that understand the the business dynamic. Not a bad business. It's just a different business. It's not open. You know, sandwich shops tend to open up and ramp up to their top-line sales in the first 12, 14 months. At 12 to 14 months, we're in the first tier of our sales, not not in the most solid position. So we have a longer uh, runway. However, when we do build our clients, we do build our customer base,
1: we tend to keep them longer, and we tend to have more consistency once we're established. Yeah, I like your slow growth approach. I know we've right. talked about, we've spoken in the past, Will. I think that's just a smart approach. Make sure you're getting the right type of person uh, to, to maximize the possibility of having a failed franchise store. I know on the financing side, our lenders don't like that, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems like you're much more careful finding the right fit, uh, slower growth, than uh, having very successful uh, sh- uh, shops. Well, it's, you know,
2: here's one of the things that you have to remind yourself when you're developing a business like this in the franchise side. There's a lot of people that get into franchising, and, you know, they come up with their own concept, and, you know, it's resonating well with the customers, they're doing really well financially, and now they want to go into franchising, something they've never done before in their entire life. They generally have never done... What they were doing currently in their current business before, but they've become experts at it. Now they're selling franchises, and they now they're being told you got to do two a month or four a month. This, you know, some competition and all these things. And I'm thinking to myself, going, that's interesting. You've never dealt with a, a store that opened and then later closed and ended up in the family being divorced over the financial trauma and. You've never really seen how bad bad can be. Or have you been, ever been sued? <laughs> You've never been down this right. potentially dangerous path um, that's not really, you know, doing anybody any favors. So, you know, then, I, then on the flip side of that, I have to look at other great companies out there like Starbucks. You guys started earlier, stated earlier in the show how long it took some of the most powerful brands in the world to cross certain uh, thresholds or milestones in terms of number of units open. Right. And, uh, you know, it's important for a franchisor to recognize that, yeah, competition is going to come no matter what you do. If you grow to 1,000 units in six months, you're still going to have competition. The question is, can that 1,000 units that you grew to in six stay open? How many of those can you retain? Um, Because we're not storming the beach here and throwing bodies to stop the Germans. We're trying to grow a business. Right. We need to... We have to be sensitive to the needs of the franchisee and make sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves. You know, one of the greatest quotes I've heard in the business is, "Never get better at openings, never get better at opening stores than running them." Interesting, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that, yeah. That, that, that should resonate loudly with every franchise, because we have an obligation to give everybody the greatest opportunity at success. And if we're, we're too focused on selling franchises and not focus enough on developing products and you know, quality marketing and driving top line sales. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. Well we have to
0: take a quick break. Are you able to Hi everyone? We'll Interviews asking the entrepreneur in form. I'm your host Marty McDermott with my co-host Don Johnson. If you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then this is a show to listen to. And today we have a very special guest. We're meeting with Will Glenny of the franchise Juice Stop. And Will, one thing I wanted to get back to is if you can talk a little bit about how big is the industry for Juice Stop? Well,
2: if you look at direct competitors, and that's. Those are companies whose core products, 90% or better, are sold, you know, 16, 24, 32-ounce juice smoothie or fruit smoothie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at about a $2 billion industry annually right now, which is about a double of what it was six or seven years ago. So the growth has been tremendous uh, in terms of product awareness and uh, people coming. You know, it's a great crossover alternative product in the industry right
1: now. Uh, Will, what type of characteristics make a successful juice-stop franchisee? You're talking a little bit about um, does the whole approach with your franchise, find the right type of person. So it seems like you're careful making sure it's the right fit. You know, what are some of the characteristics you look for?
2: Well, there's two things that I would put equal weight and value on. And in the first instance, that's somebody who has management of others in, in their toolbox insofar as managing people, and uh, for some measured period of time and to some degree of success. Secondarily to that is somebody who has managed their finances well and is, has the money readily available in, in the proper uh, dollar amounts uh, for the opportunity, not just for juice stop, but for any franchise. Of course, the McDonald's franchise is far more expensive, so you'd need to have a considerably more money. But those two things, when I look at an applicant, I, I consider those two things of high, how equal value, and I think that on the management of people, that's what that's what the franchisee is going to be doing on a day-to-day basis. Uh, in the second tier, I look for some kind of sales or marketing background. One of the things we learned from the Mrs. Fields Cookies franchise, which is a great great brand, Debbie Fields herself uh, founded that concept. Determined that, that in order to be successful, the franchisee and the employees needed to have a gregarious, outgoing personality. You can't test for the kind of qualities you need. So one of the things you need to give you a great example, and this might sound off the wall, but think about it for a second. We ask the franchisee, and we meet them in person after having a nice conversation, uh, if they wouldn't mind just standing up and singing happy birthday. And the response, if they look shocked and, and feel uncomfortable doing it, i got to wonder how these people are going to stand at the front door and greet every customer that comes in and thank them for coming in, tell them that they're the owner, and be a bit of a politician, um, a promoter, if you will, uh, right. and, and find success that way.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting approach, uh, doing that. So I guess you'll, that's a good way uh, to tell how someone is. You're right, the personality. Absolutely.
2: You know, if you come into a restaurant and their and service business and no one says anything, they just look at the ground or they look at the ceiling. It's like being on an elevator. It's uncomfortable, right? Right. You want to walk into a business and they say, hey, God, how are you? Glad to have you back. Thanks so much for coming in. Do you want to have what you usually have or do you, you want to try something new? Um, and then when you leave, you want, to, you want your, per, your, your, your personnel, the people waiting on your customers to say, hey, thanks for coming in today and thanks for doing something good for yourself, you know, and repetitively saying things. That's how you grow your business. If somebody doesn't have that within them, we can't train them how to do that. So it's it's imperative that we determine up front that that skill set
1: and that that component of their personality is there and it's rich. Like on the old episode of Cheers when Norm used to walk in, to get that type of reception? (laughs) That that kind of reception, hey, there's a couple. I don't mind talking about my competitors. Um, You know,
2: There's another concept out there, uh, what is it, Moe's Southwestern Grill, I think, out of the southeast. Right. They, you know, when you walk in, you go into their website, and they say, welcome to Moe, you know, at the top of their lungs. Every time a customer comes in, they do that, and I think one of the uh, slab ice cream companies does it as well. It's customer recognition when they walk in the door, and, you know, you, you, right. you have to hire that way for your employees, and you
1: absolutely have to hire that way for your franchisees. So, Will, you okay. think that uh, you really want someone with that sales and big personnel? You don't believe that that can be taught. Someone who has, uh, you know, the management of people experience, ha- has their finances in place, uh, but but maybe has not had much experience in sales. That that might not be a fit for Juice Stop. It sounds like.
2: That's absolutely right. We've had people who have come into our systems who have chemical engineering degrees, MBAs in finance from you know top tier schools. Uh, get them in there, and they, they say no. We're you know we can do this. We can make it work. And they get in there, and the store sales start to come down. And right. you go, right. you go into the store, and you watch what's happening. And 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 now you know you've got a mistake on your hands, and and now you have a real issue. And when you're dealing with those issues, you can't be growing a company, and you can't be growing your top line sales. So, right. When you qualify a franchisee it's something that I think the parent company needs to be actively involved with. Uh, I think that. There's, there's no substitute for meeting people face-to-face and getting them to stand up and sing happy birthday and watching the response to the question um, and, and having a real heart-to-heart about, you know, are you prepared? What are you going to do if this doesn't work? What are you going to do if you open your store and it never achieves the kind of sales that it needs to to, be,
1: you know, to, to pay its rent, its payroll, and its expenses? How do you behave then? Right. Good point. You to you know, what happens yeah. if someone has a bad singing voice? You just have them stop halfway through, or you have them do the whole song? You know, I'll take somebody with, with enthusiasm and a bad singing voice over somebody
2: who wouldn't do it at all. There you go. Absolutely. I agree with that. And,
1: so. and how's training, uh, Will? I imagine a uh, you know, very as- important aspect of franchising is training. imagine you have a, a very detailed training process. Well, we do. And, you know, the,
2: the training is really focused on the things that they need to know uh, that you wouldn't think about. Um, if they have the personality characteristics, and, and that's something we're, of course, looking for, we, we don't have to train them on that. We can talk to them about it, and, and the, like, instincts take over. The things that we looked at are forecasting, planning, understanding what the business is going to do over the course of a 12-month period from a sales perspective and being prepared to deal with uh, the, the financial hurdles they might come up with. We talk a lot about supply chain distribution ordering, when to order, when not to order. We talk about, the, you know, all of the basics get covered. And because of the – here's one of the great things about the juice and smoothie business. We have no, we have no grease drops. We have no grill. We have no complex, you know, uh, preparation. We have a 29 proprietary drink menu. We each store can add as many as a dozen drinks to the menu that are regional. I.e., if you were in Hawaii, they might be much more tropical. If you were in the East Coast, it might be uh, more indigenous to, you know, products being, you know, apple ciders and stuff during the fall, what have you. Um, but the, the core drinks. In, in about five minutes, I could teach both of you how to make each and every one of them. We have great job age to do that. So the mechanics of the day-to-day operation are maybe a half a day of training the majority of our training programs more focused on how to run a business and how to be smart about it and, and have a crash book and you know, if this happens, what do you do? So that when the franchisee does open up for business, they're not in a lurch the first time something goes awry. And they feel like they you know they can actually take off and run with this without having to reach out to one of their field support techs on a day to day basis.
1: And That's pretty interesting. it works really yeah, well. Yeah, I was just going to mention. Well, in many franchises, it's usually the other way around. There's so much to learn about the product or service. Maybe not as much time spent on just basic business practices and how to run the business. And yours, is the other way around. It's a simple business to run as far as the uh, you know the product. Right. Uh, and and a lot of emphasis is put on uh, the the other areas of the business. So. Yeah, sure. That's, well, that's well,
0: absolutely right. we're, we're, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say we have about 15 seconds. What's the best way for someone to get more information on becoming like a Juice Stop franchisee?
2: You know, the the best thing to do is we've got a website that can review our website and then contact us. We like to talk to people. We like to get in in their head and spend some time with them on the phone, talk to them, and and we'll we'll be glad to prepare uh, marketing materials and have them sent. Of course, after we get down the path, there's a UFO sheet that gets sent out. But we really like to talk to them about the opportunity, about what they've been doing, and about whether or not this is the right time for them or this is the right concept for them. And... uh, you know, we 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 play a, a very much a parenting role in kind of decision making. So I think that's the best thing is just to reach out and contact us.
0: That's great. Well, Will, you've been a fantastic guest, on so I want to have you back on a future show because I still think there's more to talk about. Definitely, well, Will thank you have so you. much experience. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so yeah, much. Anytime. You guys have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Will. Take care. Another great show, huh, Don? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. has so much experience. You know, it's. Uh, feel very comfortable, you know, buying into one of those franchises, you know, with Will's
1: experience. I mean, he just seems like he's done it all at such a pretty right. young age, you know. He, so. Right, he knows how to do it the right way. Uh, Absolutely. You know, everything he's been through, he's seen the good bed, <laughs> and bad, uh, and he has the right approach. I think he has a strong product, uh, um, you know, interesting fruit and vegetables. Everybody needs to have more of that. Healthy uh, me drink. especially, absolutely.
0: So, <laughs> I want to thank you. you. did a great job, Don. And, uh, go to franchiseinterviews.com. And, uh, if you'd like to reach us directly, you can call at 888-722-2785. Uh, you can go to EZSBA.com. It's
1: another one, isn't it, Don? Yep, franchisefunding.net. If you want to get and, uh, financing information. And, uh, and tune be... in next week. We'll have another great show. Yep, sounds great, Mark. Thanks, Don. I'll talk
0: to you soon. Have a great oh, day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.